Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Let's go. Episode 30, Blue Jays Nation Radio and Coombsy, as you said to me just before we started recording, the vibes are immaculate. There is nothing but good stuff going on right now. It is a beautiful Sunday. The Toronto Blue Jays have swept the Texas Rangers. We have news that the Toronto Blue Jays are coming home. There is literally nothing to be upset about. This is going to be a fun episode, Cam. Everything is positive right now. They we We found out on Friday that the Jays are coming back to Toronto. Everyone's freaking out. It's exciting. It's great. And then they hosted the Texas Rangers. And as the Texas Rangers do in this relationship, they got their ass kicked. That's the, that's the thing. That's, there's no more iconic uh, duo, in my opinion, in sports than the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm kicking the shit out of the Texas Rangers. That's just what they do. There's perfect timing. Everyone's excited about them coming home. And they came out of the all-star break and outscored the Rangers 25 to three and picked up a sweep. That was a blast. It was great. It was three wins against a team that's not very good. We should add Texas 35 <laughs> and 58. Um, there's never a bad time to point out that the, Tex- that the Texas Rangers are a bad baseball team, uh, but that was fully on display here. But also what was on display is what makes the Blue Jays so dangerous. And you go back to game one of this series where they win 10-2, and it was the top of the order just putting on an absolute show. Vladdy comes out of the all-star break, mashes a couple of home runs. The top three hitters in their order combine for six hits and seven RBIs. And then in the second game where they win 5 nothing, which was the start of a back-to-back doubleheader here, our seven-inning doubleheader, the top of their lineup was actually pretty quiet. You know, just two hits or three hits combined between Semyon, Bichette, Guerrero, Springer, and Hernandez. But it was the bottom of the order that did the damage. Guriel goes two for three. Espinal goes two for three as well. Um, the RBIs were kind of split up, but the bottom of their order takes care of business. And then in the third game, just the, the long ball. And Mike Fultonevich was terrible. Um, he only goes one and two thirds innings. He gives up 10 earned runs. The back-to-back home runs by Guerrero and Springer were just absolutely, they were hilarious to watch because it looked like no one on Texas was even trying, right? And like, what can you do when those two guys are mashing the ball out of the ballpark? But like, a perfect weekend of baseball for the Blue Jays. It's interesting to see because, as everyone knows, the Jays and the Rangers faced off 2015 and 2016. They were kind of, you know, both. They were both. They were two of the better teams in the AL in those two seasons. And then, you know, the teams were a little bit older, so they kind of both fell off at the same time. And now here we are, like five years later, 
And it's like the Jays have this team right now. Yeah. You know, they have four all-stars in the team. Two of them are, you know, under the age of like 23. One's a genuine superstar, Vladdy's 22. And they also have like, what, a top five system in the league? Like pretty much consensus. Still, yeah. Like the lowest you'd see them on a list is like seventh. And then meanwhile, the Rangers have three good guys. All of them are probably going to be gone in two weeks. And they don't even have a good farm system. They're ranked in the bottom third in the league in farm system. It's honestly just amazing. Just in the past five years, two teams that were like, horn locked in rivalry as two of the better teams in the league one's moved one's completely rebuilt totally new franchise than what they were back five years ago there isn't a single guy here from that from those texas series and the rangers same thing there's no familiar faces anymore elvis andrus is gone brugman adore is gone adrian beltre is retired all those guys are gone and they just have nothing to show for it and it's like what have the rangers been doing over these past five years it's nuts you mentioned it like their farm system isn't that good. And it's easy to imagine a scenario in five years where the Toronto Blue Jays have a World Series under their belt. Like that is something that sounds very realistic to say. Yes. It doesn't even sound realistic to say the Texas Rangers could be a playoff team in five years. No, like you're right. Like they're just <laughs> currently on such opposite ends of the spectrum. And it speaks volumes to what the Jays have gotten out of their front offices. Like, I mean, to be able to go from being that good and then still have this young pipeline of talent, just bang, ready to go. And it's not just Bo and Vlad, because you could argue, you know, well, it's hard to find two superstar players and, and develop them on your own. That's it's a difficult thing to do. If it was easy, everyone would do it. But the fact that they were able to surround them with so much depth and then also have a front office that knew at which point, which point to go, Let's let's open up the checkbook a little bit here. Let, let's surround these guys with the talent they need. And, you know, Ryu, unbelievable. Springer, I mean, one, what he's doing on the field is great, but it is awesome to see him A, healthy, and B, like messing around in the dugout with the guys. He's hugging Kevin Biggio. He's dancing with Vlad. He's doing all that shit. It's so much fun to see. And even the Semyon signing, right? Something that they didn't necessarily have to do. If they would have gone the lower level of free agency, you know, saved a bit of money. No one would have been sitting here being like, what the fuck were they doing? Not signing a guy like Marcus Semyon. Like they've gone above and beyond in terms of signing free agents. And then, yeah, you just look at Texas and it's just like, they're They're just starting a tear down. And it's like, how are you at that point right now? It's, it's a great point you brought up there. Um, and the fact that it's the Texas Rangers and Funny. they hold on to a roof net Odor punch, like it's a playoff series victory. Yeah. All of it is just hilarious. <laughs> fly, fly that banner. Yeah. That's uh, quite the win. Um, let, let's get into three up three down. I guess it's brought to you by twig and berries as always the Jays offense was quality. Their arms. This series was quality. The shit you get at twig and berries is also quality. Use that promo code nation. 15 gets you 15% off upgrade your summer wardrobe. Uh, let's roll through the three ups we have. We're not doing any downs. Cause honestly, no. what, what do people want us to say? There's nothing to be negative about. No complaints. Um, but we'll go back to game one, Robbie Ray. He's the ace. He is. He's uh this is um it's unbelievable to see. He's um I can't remember the last time Robbie Ray threw a bad start. Like you'd have to go back to geez, I'm just pulling up his game log right yeah. now. And the last time this guy tossed something that was okay, here it is. There was this game in June against Baltimore. He only went four and one thirds, but he only allowed two runs. Yeah. And it's like so from the beginning of June, it's six innings, six and one third, six. There's the four and one third against Baltimore, six, six, seven, seven, six and two thirds. It's like this guy consistently every single time goes out and just the real key here is just like pounding strikes, just like 
getting the ball in the zone. It's crazy because, you know, last year when he was with Arizona, he walked like seven guys per nine innings. And then he came over to Toronto. And even when he got a little bit better, it was still kind of a mess. He was still walking guys. It was still, you know, everyone seems to have a full count. It was kind of like the Raphael Dolis situation. Like, yeah. you know, he's getting through it, but, you know, each, each at bat, it's like nine pitches because <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of, you know, balls out of zone, fouls, yeah. this and that. But what more can you say about Robbie Ray? It seems every single time we talk, he's a positive and it's amazing. And he's probably excited because he's going to sign a fat fucking contract this offseason. The Lance Lynn deal that he just got in uh, in Chicago is an interesting one because like Lynn's also having a good run with since he's gone over to the White Sox and he got a two year thirty eight million dollar extension. He's older than Robbie Ray, so you know that that average amount of money a year, like just under twenty million, you're probably looking at that, but on a five year deal for Robbie That's Ray. What I'm I think my um, my expectation for Robbie Ray this offseason is he signs the exact same deal that Hyunjin Ryu signed. That's and he's probably earned that at this point. Uh, just yeah. looking right now, you mentioned like his average walks per nine with Arizona this season 107 innings pitched, just 26 walks issued to go along with 138 strikeouts. He has not allowed five earned runs in a start yet this season, and he has not had a start that didn't last into at least the fourth inning, um, or sorry, at least into the fifth inning as well. This guy, like, he hasn't gotten rocked. There has not been, like, this, the start you brought up against Baltimore, like, wasn't great. But there hasn't been a bad start or a bad game with Robbie Ray on the bump for the Toronto Blue Jays. It's unbelievable the consistency and the quality this guy continues to give them. Feels like every week we're having this conversation. Uh, let's go to point number two here, and it's a bounce back from the man we thought was going to be their ace, and he gave them ace-like stuff in that game against Texas. Complete game, seven innings, only three hits and one walk allowed. Ryu looked good. Yeah, there was a it was a nice bounce back for Ryu. It's he's as I think everyone knows, and we've we've all talked about it. Is he's been not his best since uh, the start of June. I mean, it's a very random, arbitrary. Um, date range to pick but since the beginning of june it's seven starts uh 40 innings 4.91 era 23 strikeouts 15 walks like that's obviously far from what we saw from him earlier on this season and last season and there was kind of a thought like okay what's going on here like his velocity is down a bit and when you're a soft tosser like he is there's not much room for error for your velocity to go down and as a result you know his 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 weapon pitch the change up hasn't been as good as it usually is but according to keegan matheson uh, after the game, Hyunjin Ryu says that he and Pete Walker looked into his arm angle and release point, uh, which was getting too low. And now that he's got that fixed and he's back to where he wants, Ryu says that he feels that there's better velocity and his changeup has now improved. So maybe it was just one of those little tinkering things like we saw with Ross Stripling, right? Like Ross Stripling made that little adjustment to his glove and now he's holding it in a little bit more and he's not tipping his pitches quite as much. I mean, not the same thing, not like Ryu was tipping pitches, but you know, you just make that slight adjustment. And now there's reason to believe that maybe, uh, maybe he can, maybe he's passed those issues he was having before. That'd be ideal. Yeah. Would it ever be ideal? It would also be ideal if they can continue to get quality from Steven Matz. Now, granted the Texas Rangers, as we've yes. mentioned now four or five times in the first 10 minutes of this podcast, they suck. They're not good. Um, but Steven <laughs> Matz had another good start or had a good start going five innings, didn't allow a run, only three hits, no walks, which was a great sign from Matz as well. They keep getting that from Steven Matz and clearly they're, you know, 
somewhat confident in him, putting him third in the rotation when they kind of redesign things here coming out of the all-star break, but he's still an important piece. And Ross Stripling has been very good for about a month and a half now. Um, and there's a part of me that thinks they might just roll the dice with these five going forward. I would still like to see them kind of like what we talked about with Jordan Horbin on, on, on our last episode, our all-star game recap episode. If they can get an arm that comes in and bumps Stripling to the bullpen and he can be, you know, what you were hoping Trent Thornton would maybe be at the beginning of the season, that sort of multi-inning guy out of the pen. If Matt's is good, they bring in a guy, all of a sudden you have five starters that you're like pretty confident in. So the Matt start today was good to see because of that. Yeah, it was nice to see. Matt hasn't had a good start for quite some time. His last good start was he did five and two thirds, one earned run eight strikeouts against the Red Sox. That was back on June 12th. Mm -hmm. And then he uh, went on the COVID IL, came back, pitched against Seattle, was terrible. And then even against Baltimore, he had a rough go. His last one out before the All-Star break, it was four innings, three earned runs, only four strikeouts, allowed two dingers, which is not what you like to see. I thought they did a good thing having Mats go against Texas because yeah. obviously, like I said, it's been like a month since this guy's since this guy's had a good start. So let's have him come out. He's obviously not the number three starter on the team, but have him come out face Texas. They aren't very good. It's a good chance to get into a groove, have a nice start, you know, feel good about yourself. And then, because the next series coming up is the Red Sox, right? So the last thing you want to do is have, you know, Matt's first game after the all-star break when he's already struggling, he's already missed time because of COVID. Yeah. He's going to go and face the fucking Red Sox. Like that's not what you want to see. So this is a good opportunity for like him to get into a groove. Let's hope that this can be the start of something because if Matt's can be anywhere near what he was back in April and like the first half of May, then it makes life a lot easier for the Jays. They don't necessarily have to go out and acquire a starting pitcher. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, a couple fast facts here you had in, in our show notes. Uh, Ray becomes the first starter in Jay's history to start two consecutive games and then win both of them. Um, that was an interesting poll. And Very random. Ryu, yeah. Ryu, the first complete game shutouts in Stroman in April of 2017. It's been a while. Um, seven innings pitch granted, you know, a bit of an asterisk on that uh, complete game, but fuck it. We're going to count it. Yeah, he would have. Let's be real here. If he, yeah. What they should have done is they should have had him start the second game as well so that he could get the two innings he needed, a shutout, and then they could have called it nine innings. We uh, Obviously, no team has done that this year that I can remember. I, like, I don't think so. I, no. I know Liam Hendricks did pitch yeah. both games of a seven-inning doubleheader, though. He got the save in both of them, I believe, as well. At Last year, um, Aaron Loop picked up a win in both games of a doubleheader against the really? Jays. Okay. Yes. That was fucked. So it happens a little with relievers, but I obviously you're going to be like, Hey, for you, keep it loose. Go play some toss. You're back out. It's there. only half an hour between the games, right? Like it's not that much different than your team. Just having a big, game. only thrown like 80 pitches. He could have kept rolling. Yeah, <laughs> just the Rangers are so bad. Uh, like you could have just pitched 14 innings, 150 pitches, like switch hands, get them to throw with the other one. <laughs> I let, uh, it, let it all ride. This is a totally random story, but when I used to umpire like little league baseball, when I was like 16, 17, it's like my summer gig. There was, you know, pitch count rules, right? You can only throw 70 mm -hmm. pitches. Then your pitcher needs to rest for 40 days. And there was a big issue at one of the weekend tournaments because there was a team who was trying to say that the kid they have, that's ambidextrous. He could throw with both. <laughs> they were like, he should be allowed to throw 70 with one hand and then 70 with the other. And the league was like, absolutely not. You are not allowed to have a kid throw 140 pitches just because you can use both arms. 
Um, it was hilarious. Anyways, that just reminded me of that. Uh, okay, so those are our three ups. But like I said, no downs because we are way too stoked about the way this Absolutely. team is right now. Um, so let's do Blue Jays back to Toronto. You were obviously in the city, Coombsy, not across the country like I am. Is there like a tangible buzz? Like are people fired up? Can you get tickets? Are you going to be there? I'm going to try to be there. It's not going to be easy. So it's um, everyone's kind of going through this loop to try and figure out how to get tickets right now. It's like seems like everyone's calling these reps trying to figure it out. But it looks like I've been chatting with a few people and apparently what it is is you'll, um, if you commit to 2022 season tickets, then you get put to the front of the line for uh, games for this year. And I don't think they're doing uh, season tickets for 2021 because the logistics are just too challenging with there being, you know, 15,000 seats. And they obviously want to sell um, individual game seats because I mean, just, it's just business because then you can surge price for certain games, blah, 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 standard stuff. So yeah, that's pretty much the thing. If you really want to be at that first game then commit yourself to season tickets next year and you're first in line to go and buy a single for the 30th because the 30th is going to be fucking crazy. Like the atmosphere at that game because what they're doing is no 500 level seating. So everyone's just going to be the one and twos. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like... It'll feel... Yeah. Well, I mean, fuck. We've watched games where they have no one in Buffalo. Like you could put a thousand in the Rogers Center and the atmosphere would probably be, be unbelievable. It'll be just like that Habs fan says where he says 2,500 will feel like 25,000. It'll be uh, 15,000. It'll feel like 150,000. It's going to be unbelievable. Like, again, I, I'm in Edmonton, so I don't have a hope of going to a game this year. Um, but fuck man like just watching them on tv back at the rogers center is is gonna feel just unbelievable for me like i'm so i'm so stoked for july 30th and like i said i'm just watching the games on tv and it's the kansas city royals coming in too they're not very good so it's you know one of those teams they could really lay a spanking on like they did on the rangers today it was yeah you know the friday game the sunday game like the vibes were just like so good and everybody was so excited and they came and just kicked the piss out of them so it's like you know the 30th comes back everyone's gonna be super excited and someone's gonna hit that first home route it's probably gonna be bloody and the crowd is gonna go bananas it's gonna be absolutely insane we're just talking like dream scenarios here but can you imagine like first a b vladdy like just sends one to the second deck like it would just It'd be unbelievable. Well, I tweeted out. Um, I tweeted out on Friday. I was like, my idea, Alec Manoa, no hitter, July thirtieth. <laughs> that guy's first yeah. start at. It's it's going to be sick. Be just think about all the guys who have never played in Toronto. Like, not even just your 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 rookies. Like Manoa, obviously, he's never played in Toronto. He's a rookie, but like yeah. Kenjin Ryu has never pitched a game in Toronto for the wow. Jays, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like Robbie Ray, same thing. Like Marcus Semyon's never played in Toronto. Like it's it's whack. And we're finally going to see these guys debut there and it's going to be cool. And they're going to get such a big boost too, right? Like I was chatting about this with somebody yesterday, but the Jays record, I think at for home games uh, coming into this weekend, it's probably different by now since they swept the Rangers, but I think it was 20 and 20 coming into this weekend because they haven't really had a real home. Like, especially when they were in Dunedin, it was like every single Dunedin game was a road game. Buffalo was a bit better, but they're going to get such a big boost playing these home games in front of actual fans. Like it's going to be such a game changer. It's going to, it's going to be such a help for them going on a run in the second half of the year. I I'm just thinking of this on the spot here, but so Manoa starts game two and then it's stripling in, or no, Manoa starts the opener against the Red Sox or is it stripling uh, starting the opener against the Red Sox? No, it's the two of them, but I don't know what order they're in. Uh, somebody, somebody, sorry, it is. Tweeted. It's yeah. Stripling going the first game, Manoa, the second game. But either way, does it not mean that Steven Matz is in line to start game one against the Royals? Do I you, someone someone tweeted that it was Stripling. But I don't you just I just don't know. 
there's a day there's a day off mixed in there and do you think they're do you think they would fudge with the rotation at all or do you think they don't care about that you know who's starting for the blue jays on the 30th max scherzer and they don't tell anyone. It's just a right? secret. And he just like runs out onto the mountain. Everyone, 15,000 in attendance. Like, what the fuck? Announced as he's yeah. warming up in the bullpen before the game. It'd be like, it would be like David Price in 2015 when he made his debut against the Twins. And it was like, holy shit. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, that'd be so that's my prediction. That's my bold prediction. Max Scherzer starts July 30th. We can run with that. Um, we were Do joking it. a little bit about Vladdy hitting the first home run uh, back at the Dome. But that ball he hit the other day during his two-run game was absolutely absurd. I've watched it. I'm watching it again right now. But that swing and the way the, the distance that goes, all of it, that is unbelievable, man. That that was that's home run of the year for me, or it's up yeah. there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like that ball. What did they say the distance was on that thing? Like I thought it, it didn't come back as much as you thought it was going to be. Like I thought that thing was going to be like 500 feet. Like that that in Toronto's like. That, that gets up to 500 yeah. and it, if that hits you and that's going to like knock you over, like, yeah. it's not just like, like, like loosely, like yeah, I'm losing words here, but it's, it's not like it's, you know, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm doing hands right now, the, but nobody, the launch angle on that yeah, thing had it, it, it going not like straight it was up. A, it felt like it was a big, big, just like loop. Up. Yeah, it yeah. was a fucking cannon. Like, at that angle, like I can't even explain it. It's honestly hilarious. Like I'm just trying to use my hands, but nobody can see me. Which I know. Really I was gonna say, if if you want like the idea of what Cam looks like right now on our Zoom call, that GIF of Dennis Rodman or that meme of him where he's clapping his hands in all the directions, that's what you look like trying to describe that Vladdy home run. That's how uh, I feel after this weekend. That's just where I'm at. No you're words, just you're just, just energy and waving my arms around. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, coming down the stretch here on, on this week's episode of the podcast or Levis Martinez, we're going to move away from the Jays and talk about a prospect that is just doing some amazing things. Coombs, you had some numbers on this. Yeah. Brendan, uh, Brendan Coon tweeted, um, back on yesterday morning. So this was before his big game or Martinez has the fifth highest weighted runs created plus 141 in the minor leagues for players at the age of 19 or younger. So he's playing for the low A Dunedin baby blue Jays. And he's got, he's, you know, and then he goes ahead on Saturday night and he hits three dingers, nine RBIs. So now his WRC is going to be higher than that. In which case he's probably going to be like number two or three among, you know, teenage hitters in the minor leagues, which is fucking insane because the Jays already have, you know, Bo Bichette at the major league level. And then right behind him, it's Jordan Groshans and Austin Martin. And there's also at AAA, Kevin Smith, he's killing it. And then all of a sudden, here's this other guy who's 19 and is doing this and it's like we're gonna you know what what like wow it just it, never ends really if you need another or if there's another reason for them to spend some future assets at this year's deadline like or levis martinez could be another reason for that like you have bichette you have this deep pipeline you just rattled off all the infield alone prospects that they have you should be buyers here and it sounds like that's what the strategy is going to be mark shapiro the other day says the jays continue looking to add ahead of the trade deadline um, he mentions the defense and bullpen is the most obvious areas of need, but adds that sometimes the biggest impact a team can make is not necessarily in the most obvious areas. Um, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, makes it seem like it almost makes it seem like they're going shopping. They have a set price that they'll pay for certain assets mm -hmm. and they're just going to go get the best thing available. And if yeah. that, if the best thing they're, they're, 
whatever assets they have, these three prospects they've decided they're willing to deal. If the best thing they can get is Chris Bryant, they'll do it. If the best thing they can get is Craig Kimbrell in one trade and a starter in another, they'll go do it. It just sounds like they're really, really committed to making this team better in the next 13 days. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like we talked about this last time with the whole Nelson Cruz thing. And the Nelson Cruz thing is a bit confusing just because it doesn't really appear based on their roster composition. They have the space to take on a full-time DH. But, you know, you see other, uh, like, for example, like Joey Gallo, as we saw, like a huge lefty bat. Like that would be a, a cool addition to the Blue Jays lineup because they don't really have a big lefty bat. And it's like, yeah. however you can go about making the team better, just go and do that. Like we all yeah. want to see them add a lockdown closer and a number two, three starter. That's what we all want. That's what makes sense. But mm-hmm. if they go ahead and add Gallo, a big lefty bat and a good third baseman too, or maybe they go ahead and add, add an elite catcher. You know, like something you'd yeah. never even think of. Somebody who's very good, you know, a great game caller, a good veteran, somebody who can hit. Then who gives a fuck? Just go out and get players that are good that makes the team better. It doesn't matter where you do it. Like I remember everyone was like, why are they acquiring Troy Tulowitzki in 2015? It didn't yeah. make any sense because the lineup was so deep. He's a right. They already had a bunch of righties. They needed a lefty and they went Tulowitzki, but it was a huge game changer. It completely shored up their defense and made pitchers like R.A. Dickey and Mark Burley better because yeah. he was significantly better than Jose Reyes. So like lessons from the past, just yep. get better guys. <laughs> That's all it really takes. Looking at the playoff picture right now, the Jays after rattling off their fourth consecutive win, third and fourth consecutive wins today against the Rangers. Uh, they are now 48 and 42. They are three games back of the Oakland A's for the second wild card spot. And as it sits right now, Oakland is down 3-2 to Cleveland in the bottom of the seventh inning. So we won't know the result of that one on this podcast, but there is a chance Toronto is two and a half games back of the wild card coming or by the end of the night here, by the end of the evening. Um, And then also they are currently six and a half back of Boston, but Boston's playing the Yankees coming up tonight. Um, I mean, there's a chance they're only six games back of the division after today and they are Mm -hmm. heading into a big series against the Boston Red Sox three straight it's in Buffalo the last three games we will get in Buffalo as well Uh, just I mean they're rolling right now and that is awesome but this is a huge opportunity to keep this winning streak going against uh, I mean you call them the fraud Sox here in, in our notes now would be a good time for the Blue Jays to expose the Red Sox for what they really are it would. It would be ideal. It's um, four games against the Red Sox here. I thought it was three, but it's four. I'm looking at baseball reference right now. Uh, yeah. It's four next week. Three this week, four next week. Isn't it four this week? Oh, right. Sorry, my bad. I'm, I'm, I just completely misread the calendar. Yeah. That's my bad. So, yeah, we've got on the 19th, it's Nick Pavetta and Ross Stripling, and then it's Garrett Richards and Alec Manoa. And then in the third game, it's some guy named Tanner Houck going, going up against Robbie Ray. So the Jays have a pretty good situation here because they're not seeing um, – Nate Evaldi, yeah, who you obviously don't want to see. And they're getting Pavetta, who I think they Pavetta was the one they knocked around that time where they beat the Sox like 18 to four or whatever mm-hmm. it was. I think Canadian. And then, Canadian Nick Pavetta, yeah. Yes. Um, you got a this, chance to knock around a Canadian, you got to do it. Yeah. That's what it is. Tanner Houck, I mean, he has like a 3.38 ERA, but he's only pitched in like four games this year for the Boston Red Sox. Um, so with the way the Jays offense is rolling and with the starting pitching matchups they have coming up here, I agree. They avoid Uvalde. I think they have a really good chance to hit the ball. Well, obviously they're still in Buffalo for three more games. So there's a chance there because they always hit well in Buffalo. 
I, I like their odds heading into this series. Now, granted, I have said a handful of times this year that I like their odds of going out and getting a sweep. So I'm not going to go that far. Um, but a big series like this, you know, let's say things go well tonight and the Yankees beat the Red Sox and you're only six back. I, I would call it a win if you can walk out of this first series against the Red Sox and go, hey, we're only five back of the division. I, that, that's progress for me. You're moving forward. You've taken at that point, it would be, you know, five out of your first six out of the all-star break. I think two out of the three is a, is a good mark to set here, but you got to win this series. You got to start going on you two do. runs. You can't, uh, you can't afford to lose any series these teams, whether it's Tampa, whether it's Boston, even against the Yankees. Yeah. Um, you, you really can't lose these heads to, head to heads. So playing the Red Sox seven times in the next week-ish, mm-hmm. you'd really like to see them go like five and two in that stretch to take two of three here to start off. And then the next time you face them, you're looking at winning three or four. That's what you want. And that's how you make up ground. And that's what they have to do. If they don't do that, then I think we pretty reasonably have to start just looking at the wild card. Yeah. hundred percent. After this series against the Red Sox, there will be a new episode of Blue Jays Nation radio, but I won't be there because I am on summer vacation for the next two weeks. Just an Uh, insane time to go on a summer vacation. (laughs) Tyler's like, I'm going to go on a summer vacation right during the expansion draft and the NHL draft and NHL free agency. And right as the Jays are coming back to Toronto. <laughs> yeah. It's you're going to spend I your really, whole fucking vacation on your phone, looking at shit. I am hundred percent. Like I'm still bringing a mic and stuff on my trip. Cause I have a funny feeling that like after three or four days, I'll get the itch to like start putting out some content and it's yeah, probably going to drive. You can't go, you can't go a week without producing content. You can't do it. Yeah. I'll probably find some it. way to stay in the picture. I'm, I'm <laughs> way too into this shit to be doing that. But yeah, I laughed when I looked ahead and, you know, obviously I missed like two exciting series against the Red Sox and the other jobs with hockey, like just the worst time to be going away. Um, but whatever that's life. Uh, but you enjoy the two podcasts without me, Coombsy. Um, I can't even imagine some of the shit you're going to get up to. Cause last time I took one podcast off, you made up some story about me being on a retreat in the woods and like hiding from society. So, uh, you I'll be responsible. I'll be listening. I'll come and, up with uh, something. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be interesting. And, uh, you enjoy this series coming up against the Red Sox. One last thing to plug here. Uh, the Jays are coming back to the dome. And this seems like a good time to plug our Dome Sweet Dome t-shirt. It's a partnership with Viridian Global. Um, Come on, it's fitting, right? Head to nationgear.ca. We still got all the sizes in stock. And when Toronto plays that first game in the Dome, you can have a fresh Dome Sweet Dome shirt to rock. Also, we've launched another new t-shirt. It is a Vladdy Guerrero themed t-shirt. Uh, head to nationgear.ca, check it out. It's available in like five different colors. So whichever one you want to rock, there's white, baby blue, the more traditional blue jays, blue, black, gray as well. Uh, head to nationgear.ca. It's got Vladdy or a nice little picture of Vladdy. The number's 27. The words, that's right. Because you know, that's right. Uh, nationgear.ca, check out both those designs. Coomzy, enjoy this series. And, uh, I don't know when we'll talk next, but we'll talk soon. Eventually, one day. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.